how wonderful it is to know God as our rock, that place on which we can stand, that person whom we have our strength and our confidence and our peace and our hope. And he uses those gifts and abilities to shape us as his disciples. Our text for today is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 6. I'll read a portion of that text again, beginning with verse 20. It said that Jesus, looking at his disciples, said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you, reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. And rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. If you'd bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, when our spirits are empty, when we fail to see the goodness in the world, When our eyes are filled with tears, remind us that you have not abandoned us, but rather we ask that you reassure us that you are preparing us for the eternal blessings that are to come, the eternal blessings of heaven. And so teach us to follow our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that you are working all things for our good. We pray this in his holy name and all God's people said, Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was the darkest part of the night. The ship was making its way through the water. The fog was rolling off the ocean. And the captain's eyes were straining to try and look ahead of the boat to see if anything was in front of his ship. And then his worst fears were realized when he saw a light. A light directly in front of him, coming at him. It appeared to be a vessel on a collision course with him. And so to avoid disaster, he got on his radio and he began to communicate with the boat in front of him. He said, this is Captain Smith. His voice cracked over the radio. He said, please alter your course 10 degrees to the south. Over. But to the captain's amazement, the light didn't move. He heard a voice on the other end of the radio that said, Captain Smith, this is Private Johnson. Please alter your course 10 degrees to the north. Over. Appalled by the audacity of this private, he shouted back on the radio. He said, Private Johnson, this is Captain Smith. I order you to immediately alter your course 10 degrees to the south. Over. Again, the light didn't move. And again, the voice came through the radio. He said, with all due respect, Captain, he said, I order you to alter your course 10 degrees to the north. Over. By this time, the captain was angry. He was furious at this man who would threaten his ship and his crew. He said one more time, he said, 
Private Johnson, for the last time, I command you, alter your course 10 degrees to the south. He said, I am a battleship. And the private's final transmission was chilling because he said, Captain Smith, once again, with all due respect, I command you to alter your course 10 degrees to the north because I'm a lighthouse. I'm a lighthouse. There are many people today who don't respect authority. We operate as if rules can be changed for us, even though everyone else needs to follow the rules. We can change, but other people need to follow them. We hear it in advertising. You can have it your way, right? You can have anything you want. We hear people say, even in leadership, rules were made to be broken. But the reality is, is we can't have it our way. Not when God is involved. He is the one who sets the course. He is the one who states what is true and what is not. And we must live by his truth or bear the consequences that he gives. His truth isn't there to accommodate us, but it's there to guide us and to lead us. And so today we find in our gospel lesson that God is guiding his disciples. He is directing them with his truth to learn how to live as his people so that they might have the blessings of God. And so the theme of today's message is that God reveals instruction for his disciples. God reveals his instruction for his disciples. As we place our reading in its context, you remember what's happened over the last number of weeks. About three weeks ago, we talked about and told the story of Jesus going to his hometown of Nazareth. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath. He begins to preach. People are amazed at his teaching, but they don't believe him as the Son of God. Two weeks ago, Jesus went to Capernaum. He was there at the synagogue where Peter lived. Again, he preached. People were amazed at his preaching. And a man with an evil spirit stood up, and Jesus commanded the evil spirit to leave. And people were amazed that this spirit did what this man commanded. He speaks with authority, they said. His words are true. Just before our text for today, Jesus called his disciples to follow him, the 12 apostles. Jesus' first year of inauguration and, and getting his ministry started is now over, and it's now the year of popularity because people begin to hear about Jesus. They, become, uh, they began looking for him, wanting to find him, to listen to him. Those who were ill wanted to be healed from their diseases. And so Luke tells us in our text that a large crowd of his disciples was there. And a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. That would have been the Gentile area where Jesus was at. Even the Gentiles heard about him and came out. 
to listen and to be healed because his words were true. If you look in your Bibles, the the heading is called Luke's Sermon on the Plain. We're probably more familiar with Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, right? There are parallels between these messages. They both begin with the Beatitudes, God's blessing to those who listen and follow His words. And that set of instructions that Jesus gives, they both end with the same story of the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Today I want to focus on the blessings and the woes for just a little bit. The blessings of Jesus, these truths that Jesus gives, I call lighthouse truths because they give us and shine on us a path on which we should go. That gives us life with God. That pours out His blessings into our life. They are the truths that God used to bring us to faith. They are the truths that God still uses to keep us in the faith or when we wander off to bring us back to the truth and the promise of His Word. And so Jesus said, it's kind of interesting that Jesus, and we, we look at what the world says. The world doesn't have any regard for the poor or the hungry or those who weep or those who are hated. But God said they will be blessed. They'll be blessed. And the world doesn't think that the rich or the well-fed or those who laugh or those who are spoken well of are unfortunate. But Jesus said, woe to those as he pronounced his woes to those who listened. And I think this is where Matthew's gospel helps fill in some of the blanks. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor, he was talking about the poor in spirit. Those who have nothing to offer God. Those who recognize that they are sinful. And all of the righteousness that we have, all of the goodness that we can have, can only come from God alone. He said, blessed are the hungry. Those who hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. Those who weep. Those who see what goes on in the world. The pain and the sorrow and the suffering. And they're brought to tears. Because of the injustice. Because of the trials. Because of the tragedies that take place all around us in our world. Jesus said, blessed are those who are hated because of the Son of Man, because they have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They are blessed because of that relationship. And then Jesus contrasts all these blessings with the woes that he mentions. Woe to you who are rich. That is, you are rich with the things of this world and you find no need for God. Woe to you. Woe to you who are well fed. Again, who are satisfied with this world and all of its pleasures. And you don't need my righteousness. Woe to you. 
Woe to you who laugh and do not weep over the sorrow and suffering and hardship of the world. Woe to you when people speak well of you and I'm not a part of your life. Woe to you. I don't know about you, but throughout my Christian life, I come back to the Beatitudes, these principles that guide our life. And I'm amazed at their strength and their grace. And they give us exactly what we need. Over the last five weeks, I took a webinar class that talked about It was sponsored by Ambassadors of Reconciliation. It was a a, a class on conflict and resolution and reconciliation. And I recognize that all of us, all of us have conflict in our life, sometimes daily, right? Sometimes daily. Sometimes it's between husband and wife. Sometimes it's between children and parents. Sometimes it's between siblings. Sometimes it's between friends or neighbors, or co-workers. Sometimes it's between us and God. There's something there. There's something that's blocking our relationship. But the truth of God, that light that gives life, is the fact that God loved us when we were still sinners. Christ died for us when we were dead in our sins. He made us alive in Christ. He reconciles us to himself. And then he sends us out to be ambassadors of reconciliation to talk with those that we are in conflict with, to ask for their forgiveness, to share God's forgiveness with them. And it begins with the fact that, again, we are poor in spirit. We have nothing to offer to other people. Only God's grace and goodness. We have no rights to demand for ourselves. We can only share the love of God. And those are the things that make a difference in the lives of people. When we recognize that God loved us and made us his child, when Christ died for us, we are so valuable that he would give his life for us. And when we're in conflict with someone else who is a child of God and who is loved that much by God, we approach them differently. And we offer God's grace more easily because we recognize that's how he has offered it to us. And that's what changes lives. And the blessings of God begin to flow. The blessings that God gives us Sometimes it's it's hard to kind of understand that word. Sometimes it's translated as, as happy, but it's more than being happy. The blessings of God give us a sense of of joy and peace and contentment that nothing else can give. 
The blessings of God give us his forgiveness. They make us secure in his love and in his grace that no one can take away. And they're meant to be shared because the more that we share them, the more blessings come back our way. That's what God intends us to do. They are lighthouse truths that guide our way. They're they're truths that shape us as his disciples. And they're never different. They're never different. He is the rock on which we can stand. The one who will be our fortress and our place of safety. And we are reminded that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's his promise. And his desire is to pour his blessings out on you as a child of God. And we're reminded that as his children, great is your reward. And to that all God's people can say, Amen. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.